In the air, Srijan takes it! India wins! He'll come back for the second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. India at home. Lords goes wild. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the 81 All Out podcast. I'm Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at Sidvi on Twitter. And uh, I'm joined by a very special guest today. Someone who has been covering cricket for 53 years. And uh, I would love to welcome uh, Mr. Uh, or should I say Dr. Makaran Vaingankar to the podcast. Uh, hello Makaran, welcome to 81 All Out. Hello Siddharth. Yes, How I'm, are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you so much. And I must tell our listeners that uh, uh, Makarand is uh, a veteran cricket journalist, a columnist and an author. I'm sure anyone uh, who has uh, been following Indian cricket for uh, a decent span of time would know about Makarand. He's also uh, worn several hats as an administrator, as a mentor, as a, a talent spotter extraordinaire. And uh, has been a, a key figure in uh, several stages in Indian cricket for the last uh, 50 plus years. So on that note, Makaran, welcome again. And I would love for you to begin uh, at, uh, you know, going back, you know, let's go back uh, 50 years, say to the late 60s, 1968 is when you began. Can you mm. tell us a bit about uh, uh, the cricket at that time, you know, the uh, early stages of your career, where it began and uh, what uh, are your memories from that time? My first day in journalism, where the editor told me that your job is just, just like fire brigade officer, a fireman. You got to be mobile, alert 24 by 7, 365 days. And that was something which I had not expected. Here is a person who was telling me that you got to be alert even past midnight. And recently when uh, I called up a young journalist and asked him, uh, where are you? He said, I'm sitting at the Washi station, which is a suburban station. And he was filing a copy on a mobile. So just imagine, I was told to be mobile. And here, the young journalist now was filing a 400 word in copy. On mobile. Huh, so was, much of difference. <laughs> in, <laughs> he was actually mobile. <laughs> and uh, look, the thing is, uh, let me not criticize uh, the modern journalists. They are lucky they got all these gadgets. But uh, I remember when I was in Sports Week with Sharad Kotnis, the real taskmaster as editor, uh, 36 pages and we were only uh, two or three uh, people and proofreading and everything would go on. And the, the publication uh, was printed about 10 kilometers away. So on Monday, we would take the galley and everything with us uh, in the taxi to Worli. And the whole day and night, uh, we would work with those galley operators, first proof, second proof, God knows how many proofreading uh, used to go on. And uh, by Tuesday morning, um, by 7.38, sports week would be ready. Monday morning, Sharad Kotnis was always on short fuse. Just imagine the tension that he was carrying of 36 pages. Not a single mistake. No mistakes would occur. But the, the focus was 24 hours. 
नो डीटनर इट सम पाव भाजी और मसाला डोसा एंड ऑल दैट बट देर वॉज एब्सुलटली ट्वेंटी फोर आवर्स एंड ट्यूजडे पोस्टकार्ड all the scores and all the reports and stats and all that from panjgani where he was working panjgani is a hill station near mahabaleshwar it was fun to tell you frankly said that it was fun it was hard work and uh, we had to go into maidan cover matches profile spotlight on youth so yeah. in 1968 when you started which publication did you begin with first article was in um, Indian Express. Okay. And uh, I covered that series of 1968-69 against Australia. The first test match I did not cover where the stadium uh, was burnt. Certain part of the stadium, Bramall uh, Stadium, was burnt. And uh, the Bill Lawrence team. I remember uh, the Delhi Test match on the fourth day. Bishan um, Bedi and Prasanna were turning the ball square. and they were bundled out for 101 i think bill lorry carried the bat through uh next day india were to chase 192 and we won with eight wickets is this something which how wicket improved uh, overnight is still a mystery ah interesting interesting so in the early years when you were covering uh, were you uh, covering both international and domestic and the league and everything or like it was just a combination of all cricket right from maidan cricket which i enjoyed the most and i would stand right behind the side screen on maidan in month of april and may that heat because being a connoisseur of the game i wanted to check everything in the swing the spin the length everything once when frank tyson was in mumbai for the bcm of the bowling scheme nari contacted to me you take frank uh, to azad maidan let him see uh, what bombay cricket is and i took him to, uh, to parsi cyclist ground and he asked me why is that short extra cover standing with a with a back uh, to the batsman i said he is the third man of the other match and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was the third man of the other match yeah and sometimes the bowlers run up would be through the slips of the other match yeah <laughs> and he just couldn't believe this is how many people have died till now i said nobody to get injured sometimes a fielder goes and takes a brilliant catch and then he finds out that he has taken catch of the other match so you know it's fun uh, maidan cricket Ranjit Trophy cricket. I used to travel with the Bombay team. Um, we are, we used to have breakfast or meal, dinner, everything with the Bombay team. It was fun, real fun. We got to know players. Players got to know us. But well, that did not mean that we did not criticize them. They they were absolutely fair. Not once did they tell us, "Oh, why did you write this?" No, which is not the unfortunate, which is not the case today. Um, uh, players are very very touchy, and 
the journalism also has changed. The perception has changed completely. Yeah, so I must tell our listeners that uh, uh, Makrand has written uh, uh, quite a few books on cricket, and one of the most, uh, one of my favorite uh, books uh, on um, Indian cricket is uh, that he has written is A Million Broken Windows. It is a, a wonderful book about uh, the history of cricket in Bombay uh, or Mumbai, as it is known now, and about uh, the uh, legacy and the legends and the various aspects, the great players and the matches that go into uh, have gone into Bombay's great success over the years. So let me bring uh, you to that point, because when you began in the uh, late 60s and 70s, that was the phase when uh, Bombay were unstoppable they won they, they were in fact they won 15 ranji trophies in a row uh, you know through the 60s and uh, uh, late 50s and 60s so how was it then how was it then to cover that bombay ranji team when bombay would win the toss the tail enders from bribon stadium they would hop across and go for the matinee show of 11 11 o'clock <laughs> they would come back and the score would be 150 for no loss they again would go for 2.45 show, come back at 4.30, Bombay would be still batting with 350 for one. <laughs> there was one incident, the captain Ajit Walikar himself told me, and there were, there were half a dozen Bombay players over there. The Saurashtra captain told him, why go all the way to the pitch for toss? Why not do it outside the dressing room? If you, if you win the toss, you bat for a day and a half. And you bundle us out within just 40-50 hours, both the innings. We might as well have a toss here. Can you imagine uh, the, the impact that Bombay had on Indian cricket at that time? For time-shoot matches between Mafatlals and Tatas, there should be a crowd of 10 to 15,000 standing all day in the Maidan. Paul Imbriger used to play for ACC, Paul Imbriger, Bapu Nadkarni, Madhav Mantri, Dilip Sadasai. The joke was, if there was a Ranji Trophy match at the Brimble Stadium and match between Tata and Mafatlal or Tata versus ACC, there would be 10,000 here and there would be 10 spectators watching the Ranji Trophy. So strong was Bombay cricket. But the outsiders came and played in time shield. So that is how they started improving the game, their game. Because British Patel came from Bangalore, Dheeraj Prasanna, Uday Yushi came from Ahmedabad, Parthasati Sharma came from Jaipur. The standard of the game announced as well as top quality cricket. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, especially given that you began your career in uh, the late 60s, was that coincided with the emergence of uh, the great uh, Sunil Gavaskar? Sunil had the gift of concentration. I don't think Sunil Gavaskar was coached by anybody. He had everything in him, the technique and everything. Sunil got married in 1976. He had invited Conrad Hunt, who was stationed at Panjgani near Mahabaleshwar. He was with uh, some women and uh, Conrad came. There were quite a few there in that wedding hall who introduced themselves as Gavaskar's coach. I'm Gavaskar's coach. I'm okay. Gavaskar's coach. Conrad went on the to meet uh, the couple, okay. and suddenly 
everybody burst into laughter. Sunil, his wife, Sunil's parents. Later on, we came to know, Conrad had told him, I met your two dozen coaches. <laughs> no wonder you are a great batsman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, he, he was a terrific batsman. Everybody could be at, he would score 100 before lunch, 200 before tea, and he would be remaining not at 260, 270. He was an aggressive player. Very, very aggressive player. Hooking, pulling, and everything. Later on, played for India. He realized that uh, as an opener, the opposition would be trying to get him out first because the others were not consistent. I wouldn't say they weren't that good, but they weren't that consistent, like Sunil. And in 78, he caught hold of one physics professor and drilled some holes into the bat. The thing was, he, he was using a heavy bat and he, didn't, he wanted to cut down all those shots of hooking, pulling, cutting, and he wanted to play straight. The thing was, uh, when air would pass through those holes, the bat would become lighter or something like that. Okay. He is still not convinced about all the theory. But uh, Sunil always was a, a thinker. The team that he played for, the other Indian, you know, any other ten, they would discuss something else. But in the other Indian ten, only cricket and cricket. And 1970, when he started, of course, he was scoring those runs. And against South Gujarat, he scored some 320-odd at Pune. Mr. Vijay Merchant, who was chairman of the selection committee, he picked him. That was, that was actually a, a big gamble. When we went to the airport, there was hardly anybody uh, uh, clicking the photograph of Gavaskar standing with parents because there were all those senior players, Jaisima, Sadasai, Warekar, Ashok Mankad. And he, he was the baby of the team. When the team returned, the scene was different. Sunil couldn't even you know, walk on the road. So popular he became in Indian cricket. 774 runs. I don't have to repeat that. Ashok Mankad played more for Bombay, less for India. But Ashok Mankad, he was one where he had his theories and his man management was excellent. He knew the strength and weakness of his players. He said, I'm not bothered about the opposition. I must know the strength and weakness of my players and so that I can use them and optimize their capabilities. But he was a sort of a captain with instinct. Suddenly he would change the bowler. I remember uh, in, in one Vichy Babu final when Shrikan came to bat, he uh, threw the ball to Yogra Singh and then he took the ball back and gave it to Atul Mehta, who was a leg spinner. And Shrikan was stumped third ball. This that sort of thing Ashok would do regularly. Ashok Mankar actually had a lot of impact on Bombay cricket. Bombay Ranji Trophy team, Bombay club cricket. The youngsters adored him. Chandrakant Pandit, Lalshan Rajput, Raju Kulkarni, they, they adored him. They still say Kaka was the best. Ravi Shastri, I remember he got a pair against UP. And Ashok walked up to him and he said, look, you got a pair. I don't want to see tears in your eyes. There is a, a light at the end of the tunnel and you will know. Now Ashok just said, you will know. 
after few hours ravi was told that he has to rush to new zealand to join the indian team this is what ashok was he he had no inkling that he that ravi shastri would be um, called to us uh, to new zealand but yeah he, he gave that conference he would always give the conference to the boys and from losing positions bombay won the games i remember there was a semi final versus bengal runs and uh, bombay were fielding i think palash nandi was bold and sarazar was standing up to the spinner the bell flew and knocked few teeth of sarazar Shadow was spitting blood on the plot. The umpire walked up to uh, Ashok Mankad and said, "I think you can ask someone to give wickets." Ashok said, "Nothing doing. Did nothing in the rule." And he told Shadowzare, "Even if you die, you will have to give wickets." The evening, Shadowzare could not open his mouth, and he was on a liquid diet. Now, those who have seen Shadowzare, he was a skinny. person and but a brilliant wicket keeper our well, situation came in the second inning bombay were 150 or 60 for one and suddenly collapsed they needed 80 runs with two wickets in hand and when the sixth wicket fell ashok turned around and told sk that he will stay there we are going to win barun barman seeing Injured Sharazar coming started bowling bouncers. In fact, from both the sides, the bouncers Sharaz survived. Bombay won. The partnership was of eighty runs. So Ashok's that tone in his saying, "Come on, you got to do it." Means you have to do it. It is a sort of commandment. You have to do it. <laughs> And you mention a very interesting anecdote uh, between uh, Ashok Mankad, uh, a young Ashok Mankad. and uh, polly umrigar who was another great tactician that match that was between young mafatlal team where all they were all 20 to 20 year old ashok mankar bijesh patel paraj sharma eknath solkar uh, uday joshi and all that and the ss team was all experienced polly umrigar bapanat karne so they side i think mafatlal's over all at for 130 and ashok tells a beautiful story as he entered the house his father vinubai was sitting and he said suthayu in gujarati that what happened today so ashok said the match will be over tomorrow he said forget about tomorrow what has happened today you, you must tell me and ashok said we were all out for 130 so vinubai asked him what is their score they are 10 for no loss is pauli going to come next he said no he had not pared up and he said look polly umrigar takes single of the first ball yes polly had that thing you know that he would tap the ball and say and he would run he would not bother about the non striker hmm so he said tomorrow polly is old so tomorrow he will ask for runner just imagine the prediction of vinubai he will ask for runner and the umpires will give him a runner all that you have to say is don't look at him and say no ashok said how can i say no he was the first to you know visit hospital when i was born how can <laughs> i say to no to pongata he said if you want to win the match then you have to do this 
It is as per the law. Mm. So next day, Polly came to bat at four. And as predicted by Vinubai, Polly said, Ashok, I want a runner. Mm-hmm. Ashok looked here, there, looked down and said, no. <laughs> See, he said, what? We're not going to give you a runner. So he called the square league umpire. So square league umpire said, can you runner? Ashok Mankar said, no. Mm-hmm. He said, my God. Now, Vinubai also had told him, they get everybody on the floor in the 15 yard. Okay, because Paul is going to just play and run. Paul was run out for zero. ACC collapsed. <laughs> there was another incident I have written about Vinu Mankad. Bombay were playing quarterfinal against the Stars Terrier Hyderabad team at Wankade Stadium. Bombay's uh, top players, five or six players, on the tour of Australian 77 78. Sandeep Patil's debut as a bowler. Sandeep Patil was always a lower order batsman. And he bowled about 50 overs in that, I think, one inning. Hyderabad had Jaisima captain, Patavdi, Abbas Ali Beg, Abid Ali, Jayantilal. Hyderabad had taken 60 runs lead. Ashok that night discussed with uh, Vinubai. And Vinubai said that 60 runs are enough. You have to declare tomorrow. Now, Ashok came and told Vice Captain Sudhir Naik and the entire team. They said, first inning, these people got out. So they scored about 260. You give 160, we'll lose with half a little to spare. So Ashok was batting over there. And Vinubai came during the lunchtime. And he found Ashok was still batting over there. So he called Sudhir Naik. He said, tell him. If he does not declare, I will not take him in the house in the evening. <laughs> so the 12th man ran and conveyed the message. After two hours, Ashok declared. Vinubai entered the racing room and told Ashok, use Ligir Rakesh Tandon in space of two and three hours. Hyderabad collapsed. Rakesh took six for 60. Just imagine, you know, this sort of thing I've heard from Pauli Munker, all these predictions, how is it to come true? They were great thinkers. They would, they would think strategy. They would think deeply how, how to get the batsman out. There were no softwares. There was no video analysis and all that. Yeah, I want to ask you about uh, the tweet that you had posted uh, recently after... Uh, the Saurashtra, uh, in the, during the Saurashtra-Bengal Ranji final, you had uh, expressed some surprise that uh, uh, just after uh, Bengal were out in the first innings, even though there was about 70 overs or 75 overs of the play left, Arun Lal was shaking hands with the Saurashtra players as if the match was over. And you had said that uh, this would not happen even in a club level in, uh, Bombay, in Mumbai because they would, go, they would try their best to go for the win. Yes, I was really surprised that Arunlal with 75 hours to go went and shook hands and congratulated. Not only that, he came down and uh, congratulated the Savarashtra team. I was really shocked. Bhavya, it would not happen. Even if you have to score, say, uh, 50 runs and hold in, no way they will not congratulate, even at the school level. So I was a bit surprised. You know, here what happened, the, his Bengal team saw that. 
they must have thought that look why why fight and for match is gone that sort of thing will uh, never happen in bombay no way no way anybody would congratulate any 75 hours is a big big game it's three fourths of a day anything could happen because uh, pujara was having a back problem i in fact tweeted the three spells it could uh, change the entire complexion of the game and it has happened uh, Uh, in many times in cricket now that we are talking about tactics and bombay i have to ask you uh, often our uh, esteemed indian coach gets a very bad rap that uh, he is there uh, he is hardly doing anything he is not uh, contributing anything to the team but uh, tell us something about ravi shastri's tactical acumen and uh, what uh, he could be bringing to as a coach of this indian team ravi shastri i remember one match This was 1977 under 14 Jaisalmer final at the Parsi Gym Khana. I was covering that match, obviously for Sports Week, and the opposition, Saint Mary's team, needed about 18 runs with two wickets in hand. Ravi standing on the those stairs of the Gym Khana, he was very tall at that time, even at the age of 14. and he said in a very shrill voice now or never boys remember that ravi got those two wickets and don bosco beat uh, st mary's by um, about 8 or 10 runs ravi has been very very limited in talent but he obviously had tremendous self confidence he his utterances are to motivate when he said that, that this is the best team in 15 years he wanted to convey that message to the to the dressing room that look i am going to back and i am backing it publicly but our guys started comparing with other teams who were better than this but this was uh, this was absolute height of stupidity stupidity he was publicly making announcement so the players in the dressing room felt oh my coach is, has got hello our coach has got a lot of confidence in us that is how the coach is motivated this is how the confidence level has to be announced now you tell me we have won the series for the first time in australia has anybody given credit to him no don't give him credit don't criticize him but he is not going to uh, change he has not changed he is the same that he was at uh, 14 that he is now at 57 he is a straight forward chap he will tell you on your face what you are and next day he will not mix up and avoid you but if you going to be going after him all the time then he does not have time for you that's a, that's a human tendency sida you and i would you know do the same thing yeah one of the things that strikes me is that uh, he has uh, always been uh, has has had a certain personality you write about that uh, famous 1985 final when kirti azad tried to wind him up and say that uh, keep the trophy polished for us tomorrow and ravi got so upset with that that he bowled the delhi team out the next day because eight wickets kirti azad first ball <laughs> kirti told him that look Uh, keep the keep the you know trophy polished. We are taking it back to Delhi tomorrow. And from winning position, Ravi got eight. What is that? That self confidence. What was Ravi's batting? 
Ravi used to battle number 10, 11, 8, 9 and all that. In Karachi, Gavaskar told him that tomorrow you want to open. Imagine, Siddharth, you have never opened in your life, in your school, college, university, state, company, and suddenly Indian captain tells you, and next day, he went and scored 130. In fact, till Rahul David scored those 300s in the tour of England, for 60 years, 70 years, Ravi was the only batsman who had scored 200s on the England tour. Opener. He was the only opener. And who were the opening batsmen? Vijay Marshan, Mushtaq Ali, Sunil Gavas, so many. And nobody has scored 200 in series. He's not the one, Ravi is not the one who will do PR. If you ask a question, he'll answer the question. But if you're trying to get the story out of him, no way he'll do that. Back. I have to uh, mention, ask you about uh, the BCA Mafatlal scheme that came in in the early 90s. And that is a big, big part to play in India's fast bowling revolution. That the results of which, of course, we are seeing, we have seen in the last 10 years. But uh, tell us about that and why it began and uh, how Frank Tyson was roped in. And please give us a bit of a explainer. That match 1984, uh, 90, uh, yes, 84, when Bombay beat Delhi, Ranjitra final, about which we uh, talked just now. After that, Bombay's bowling was pathetic. There were no bowlers. Raju Gukhari and off-spinner Kiran Mukashi were the only bowlers looked like taking wickets. But I found out, yes, Bombay never produced bowlers. Apart from Ramakan Desai and Subhal Gupte and Parish Shavalka, who did not play for India, all bowlers who played for Bombay came from outside. First Vinu Mankar, then Bapu Natkarni, after that Zahir Khan, Munaf Patel, Karsan Gavri, Raju Jadeja, you name and all the bowlers were imported. Bombay only produced batting, all batsmen. And then I started doing a lot of research. About 25 cricketers who were living in South Bombay and had uh, sold their flats and had moved to the suburbs, far up suburbs. So I went and interviewed them. They said the problem was socio-economic. They said we concentrated on cricket and ultimately got into some of the banks at Clark. Today we have children and we don't want uh, our children to do the same thing. We want them to study. So we sold the flats and we have shifted to this place like Borivli, Dhaisar, Kalyan, Muli and all that. Children have to study. Then the second question was, I said, what about the cricket? They said, no cricket because there are no cricketing facilities over there at that time in that part, in suburbs. I prepared a sort of a project report based on those interviews of 25-30 people. The, the principle was coaching at the doorsteps. So I presented that project report to uh, MCA president or BCA, Bombay Cricket Association president, Mr. Madhav Mantri. He was quite impressed with the way I presented it, the presentation part. And he sent me to a few sponsors who just didn't bother about it. But some of, the, some of the newspapers published it, that whatever Mantri said about my project report. One such report appeared in uh, Ahmedabad paper 
ve vanavda mafatlar rüşiyeş mafatlar sana arvin mafatlar rüyeler and he came and asked nari contractor former india captain who was sales manager in one of the mafatlar companies this is very good and he said uh, how much you want so i was just not prepared that mafatlar which had disbanded the team in 1982 the entire full mafatlar side was disbanded could ever think of uh, sponsoring so i said about 3 lakhs per year they told nari i think this boy does not know what he's talking about we are sponsoring it that time in 1992-1993 and then there was a press conference and ravi shastri told uh, rishikesh mafatlal the idea is good macron has brought about some good points but the, where are the coaches we will have the same coaches and because of them we are not been able to produce fast bowlers or spinners so why what is so new about this now somebody came and said the set uh, set wants you so i went over there he said listen to ravi shastri what he is saying now i didn't have any answer so he called nari contractor and told nari you fly tomorrow to england meet your friends so nari flew next day met peter may colin carvery and kit andrews and they said we don't have anybody here there is only one person is frank tyson he is a real teacher so they called him frank at melbourne at that time frank was teacher in carry grammar school frank had peter memories of bombay on way to australia in 1959 he came out of the docks and he was surrounded by all beggars that i will never come to this country so he told nari look i don't think uh, i can accept this offer but this is what happened peter may spoke to frank and frank accepted first assignment of 18 days in month of may when he came on 15th of april and he saw all these skinny bowlers he turned around and told nari why are you wasting your money and my time none of these fellows will ever be able to bowl even five quick overs so nari said we don't have we don't know anything about fitness we don't know anything about fast bowling and that is the reason we have invited you as we would not have invited you so he said let me work on them for 18 days and 18 days was from morning 7 to 12 from 2:30 to 7 can you imagine this in bombay heat 18 days but wow. he 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 got the sting done and not one minute i saw frank sitting on a chair he went back and those days there were again there were no computer there was only fax machine so he gave us a program dr kinjal sarathwala who did sports medicine he was there and in monsoon all the bowlers fast bowlers spinners they would run from one kid stadium to end of oberoi even even during the rains and come back go towards chopati that was almost about 45 minutes to 1 hour run when he came back again in october all these skinny fellows had put on good uh they look like fast bowlers abi the funny case on 27th of december 1990 there was a selection trial for bombay university at the vankred stadium the rule was every college has to send three players and this most of them were rotten absolutely but then after one or two balls the selectors 
would throw them out because selectors knew who were actually playing in club cricket. So that list was ready. But because of the rule, they had to see. So I became wearing canvas shoes and bowled two balls, full toss over net into the MCA pavilion. The boss ricocheted back to him. Ramakand Desai said, come on, go. So he ran. He was not crestfallen at all. So I told him, I said, look, I run this BCM of Atal Boring scheme. So he said, sir, I'm not a cricketer. I'm a student of engineering. And he ran. I was wondering, this fellow came, bowled two balls, and just not, he was not unhappy at all. In the evening, I, I took his number, Abby's number on my palm. I called up Balvinder Singh Sandhu. He said, oh, he's in the next colony. I'll go to his house. If you're saying he's quick, let me go. So again, he said the same thing. He told Baldu, I'm a student of engineering college of D.Y. Patil. And I play only tennis ball cricket on Sunday afternoon. So Baldu called me up from his house. He said, you are telling me he's bowled fast and came for selection trial. This boy is saying that I'm not a cricketer. I said, I want him tomorrow at Kharjimkana. And I was so excited that to Nari Kontrakte and Narin Tamani. I said, look, I found one quick bowler. So both of them came to Kharjimkana. And first bowler, Abby, from a length, from length, he just rose and went above the uh, net. And my God, all those other bowlers, Paras Mamba, they were in the other net. And they started looking at this fellow. This was 29th of December. So you found him in December and in April he was making his Ranji Trophy debut in a final. Final? It was against Haryana. <laughs> the Bombay lost by two months. Yeah, the famous final. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Four months he hardly played cricket. He had, he, in fact, when Narendra Tamane told me and Balu on the previous day to prepare him mentally, Balu said, sir, it's too early. He said, look, Balu, I'm just telling you both you guys, prepare him mentally. He is going to play tomorrow. The media criticized, especially Marathi media, they criticized. But that day, four or five wickets fell and all wickets to Abby. And mind you, there were some easy catches were dropped in the slips of his bowling because the Bombay fielders possibly were not used to that sort of, those sort of catches. Uh, Abby should have been on the tour to South Africa in 1992. Instead of that, he went to West Indies when he had slowed down. And yet took five wickets and we lost their test match. Barbados. Yeah. After, after which this podcast is named, by the way. 81 All Out is named after that famous <laughs> collapse. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, BCA Mafatlal uh, was uh, very instrumental. Uh, uh, pa- Abhi Kurvilla, Paras Mamre, Sali Lankola, and also the spinners, Sairaj Bhartule, uh, they all uh, came through that. Sairaj Bhartule, the previous year, uh, met with an accident. And two of his friends, I think, passed away. Wasn't this uh, Jagjit Singh's uh, son? Son, son, Vivek Singh. Yeah, and Sai. Uh, Sai was in coma. Sai had multiple you know, operations. He was on crutches. And every time I would meet him at the gymkhana, I would say, Sai, I'm going to throw you a crutches. This is all low, sir. Uh, my cricket career is over. So uh, I kept on telling him, I said, look, from January, I kept on telling him, 15th of April, Frank Tyson would be coming and you will have to be in the camp. He said, no, sir, please don't force me, sir. But I took him. But I had given... 
uh, everything in writing about each boy uh, to Frank much before he arrived. So Frank knew about Sarah Bhutale, and after the introduction by Madhu Mantri to uh, about Frank Tyson, Frank said, "Come on, boys, run with me." And Frank was 61 at that time. And everybody started running. Abby, Salil, everybody. So I could just run five years and collapsed. And he said, "Sir, my cricket is over." I said, "Nothing doing." Then Frank ran one round. He said, "What happened to you, boys? Come on, get up!" And Frank started on his second run. And so I was sobbing that afternoon. Frank alone spoke to him. Only I was sitting over there and motivated him. He worked hard. Today, as I said, I had problem running 24, 24 years. I went on to play first class cricket for 24 years. 24 years. <laughs> yeah, terrific, terrific story. And it strikes me that uh, uh, the legacy of uh, BCM Afatlal and Frank Tyson continues today. I mean, Paras Mamre has done a fantastic job as the junior fast bowling coach. In 2002, there was a six-week camp of Frank Tyson, and Paras was Paras was playing at that time for Bombay. He was captain of Bombay, and uh, uh, Frank felt that Paras, uh, the way Paras was interacting him. Uh, let us let us give him some exposure as a coach, and um, uh, whole day he would sit with Paras and uh, developed him as a coach. And Paras did well in 2006 and 2007. Both the years when Bengal came to final, Paras was the coach. Along with the MRF Space Foundation, the BCM Mafatlal scheme is uh, vital when you trace the when one traces the history of uh, India's fast bowling. and i don't think it gets as much credit as it should and which brings me to the other scheme that doesn't get as much credit as it should which was probably even more instrumental in indian cricket and indian cricket's uh, rise which is the talent uh, resource development wing that was set up in uh, the early 2000s and you played a big part in that uh, tell us a bit about that and uh, how it was set up and how things were before and how things turned out after that Sometime in year two thousand one, I had gone to Bangalore uh, for my work and met Bridges, and uh, we were just exchanging notes about cricket. And Bridges had become the secretary in nineteen ninety nine of KCR. And I've known Bridges for so many years because he used to play for Mafatlals. I told Bridges, I said, I've got some something to tell you. I said. every selection committee state selection committee national we have this five numbers odd because if you have four that means even so casting vote we are indian cricket were haunted by vijay merchants in casting vote so nobody wanted to try so they added one more but that politics remained that nepotism remained and what would happen was three selectors would gang up against the two and push their their players and that was going on for a number of years suppose if you have played two matches and you have scored 60 and somebody has played two matches and they have scored he scored 
the guy would 65 uh, would get picked and there a lot of criticism in 1974 gavaskar and ashok mankar who had opened month and a half earlier on the tour of england for india were dropped from the wilson side some guys were picked as opener who were not good enough to be in the 15 so this sort of thing was happening and i told brijesh i said look karnataka has got about 28 30 districts at that time and i said i see only bangalore boys playing do you mean to say there are no boys in the districts she so said no they all come and settle down here as a british put yourself in that, their position parents position would you sell off your establishment in district and take a risk of for one one son what happens to daughter i don't know or what happens to other sons and shift to bangalore which is expensive by that standard so british said, do you have anything as a yes uh i'll send it to you so no no how many days you were to be here i said for three days so give me points tomorrow so that evening only i prepared synopsis handwritten and showed it to brijesh so he didn't say anything else i came back to bombay and one day he called me and said uh, that we only is a prepared presentation so i said how do i prepare? i have to go and visit those uh, districts She so said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I have to tour all." He said, "Do you mean to say you tour all thirty districts?" I said, "Yes." So he said, "Fine. When do you want to go?" I said, "Immediately." So I travelled thirty districts for seven and a half weeks, and I found uh, half the districts had no cricket infrastructure, not even a ground. It used to be a barren land where they would play all sorts of sports. Till his ball maximum. I prepared the report, and I created those uh, areas and set up the academy. We have TRDO. So he said, "What is TRDO?" It's Talent Resource Development Wing officers. The wing is the department. So we had coaches who were plus level two, level three. Then this this coaches from Bangalore would travel, stay in one district for four days, coach the coaches and the boys. and then we started playing so they they would pick player on a form they would write not about the performance about the technique about the temperament and everything one day mr dalmia happened to be in bangalore so bridges told him that macron has got this something and within 3 months the boys from the districts are beating bombay boys uh, bangalore boys So Mr. Dalmir said, "This sounds very, very interesting. I want to speak to Makran." I was there in Bangalore. I was in my room. He called me down. He said, uh, "Where is the project report?" I said, "Bridges has it." He went through it. Next day, in Delhi, he announced. Just imagine, he sat with me for ten minutes. Immediately called his secretary in Delhi and said, "Tomorrow, call for press conference at eleven. I want to announce something." And the TRDO system was announced. Wayne Sirko was made chairman. the call farmer india players the majority of them were played for india over the trdos and the whole lot came from that dhoni came from that system from ranchi two years earlier 31 year old sanjay bangar made debut after trdo system 16 year old 
Parthiv Patel, 17-year-old Irfan Patan, they made their debut. And the 2007 T20 World Cup, almost all of them were from the TRDO system. It changed the face of Indian cricket completely. Those as, who an were example, picked, as an example, you know, talking about Dhoni, he made his debut in 1999, but uh, he was spotted by the TRDO in 2003 or 2004, right? Oh, he, was, he was 23. Hmm. And what happened was, there was this TRDO was supposed to cover till under 19. So the under 19 matches were going on and Raju Mukherjee, my good friend, he was one of the TRDOs, former Bengal captain, and also another former Bengal captain, T.C. Um, Podal, who was contemporary of Nari Contractor. He played more for Rajasthan as an opener, played for Bengal too. And they walked down and they found that this long-haired player was just tonking the ball. Now, these players played under 16, 19, under 14. Their, their names fell on the website. We have created a software. So all the all the data would be fed on that software. So definitely Dhoni's name was not there because Dhoni was 23. So they wrote a, um, a letter to um, Dilip Vengsakar, who was chairman. Dilip spoke to Karsan Gauri. And that time, Dip Das Gupta um, was keeping wickets for Bengal and East Zone. So there was a final between North Zone and I think uh, East Zone at Chandigarh. Yes, I was there for that final, yes. Yeah, and, and they dropped Deep Das Gupta. Uh, Dhoni kept wickets and Dhoni scored about 30-40 quick runs. And Dhoni immediately came and got into India A. So India A team that went to Kenya had all these TRDO boys. The TRDO system was such that if I assess one player, the other TRDO would assess differently or say, but... Those marks were not known to each other. So we, this TRDO did not know how their colleagues have assessed the same players. But in software, we would get this rating and anybody who is over 85% is a special talent. So this Dhoni, Parthiv Patel, Irfan Patan, they came into that category. Then the category B was 80 to 85 and category C was 75 to 80 means you need to groom them more. They were all sent to Sandeep Patel to Kenya and within six months, they were most of them were going to Pakistan for the series. Is it fair to say that TRDO, the TRDO system played a big part in uh, largely eliminating zonal favoritism for selection? Absolutely. 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 You tell me one thing. Four seasons, Dhoni played for Bihar. He, he was not even in the 15 of East Zone. And the moment TRDOs picked him, we are within one year he was playing for India. Boys from the BTR system, BTR towns, emerged from the system. Srishan, the UP boy. Everyone, Srishan, so many. Raina, um, Pius Chavala. UP had no organized structure at that time. There were no tournaments. It's a big state, no tournament, nothing. Where could they play? They all came through that system. Because this TRD and Dilip Vengsakar did a fantastic job. He was traveling all the time watching these boys. And Dilip Vengsakar was traveling with the team. He traveled with the under-19 team. He traveled with the India A team to Australia when uh, Virat Kohli, 
Ajinkarane, they were all say 16 or 17 at that time. So can you just, uh, to some of our listeners may not know, but uh, as an example, like suppose you take yourself as a TRDO, can you give an example of your typical week? How would it go? Would you just watch a lot of games and rate a lot of players? Or? No, TRDOs were assigned games. Okay. But most of our TRDOs were quite proactive. What they would do, suppose if the match is from tomorrow and they are supposed to reach today, the moment they would reach, before that they would inform the, the chairman of the selection committee or secretary of their respective association, that they would like to see some of the boys who have not been selected and according to them, they are good enough, would like to see them in net. Look, only one left-hand spinner is in the 11, but there could be five who may be equally good, but not fitting into 11. So they, they, they went and saw those. And yes, that motivated the players. The nepotism was totally washed out. In fact, Dalmia did a fantastic job by asking Vaisaka to attend Vezon selection committee meetings of under-19 and also senior. So when he told Chandu Bode to pick Parthi Patel, Chandu Bode straight away picked him. Chandu Bode had not seen Parthi Patel. So he fast-tracked uh, Parthi Patel and Irfan Patan. And the moment they did well for Vezon, they were, were in the Indian team. So even though a selector did not see as many games, the TRDO person would have seen it and rated that player. TRDO was watching at least about uh, 20 to 25 days of cricket. A month. Hmm. A month. Yeah, yeah. And there were Nari Contractor, Ashok Mankad, Melin Gunjal, many, many of them. We did not bother about the runs and wickets. Suppose if 10 for 2... And batsman coming at number four, how does he handle the pressure? What does he do to get rid of the pressure? How does he perform? Batsman will score 100 if there is a 200 for nullers. A batsman may score 100. But batsman coming at two round 10 or three round 15, how does he handle the pressure? Or a bowler who gets hit 20 runs in two overs, how does he bowl his next two overs? Such kind of the, the data collection form was there. So they would put one, two, three. Those marks they would give. There were 14 or 16 parameters. Maximum was three marks per parameter. Dhoni was not watched only one match. They watched a lot, you know, lot many matches. And now uh, with 304 teams in 38 association, there are 2,000 matches being played. So now the match referees have become TRDO. Only thing is, the match referees really don't have time to assess their talent because they're overloaded with the match referee work. Uh, so in 2006, after the uh, change in the guard and, uh, you know, the Sharad Pawar and everyone else uh, took over, that time they disbanded the TRDO and gave that uh, role to the match referee, right? No, no, man. They, they disbanded completely. The system was disbanded. I don't know why. Okay, okay. This match referee thing started only two years back. Oh, okay. So between 2006 and uh, two years back, what was happening? How were they finding? Because those players were playing. Those who were, were, were picked in 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006. All those, all those players were playing. Now all those players are now over 32, 33. Johnny himself is 37. And, and uh, one of the board officials said, uh, why do you want the TRD uh, system to be revived? Already 70, 80 players are there. Let them perform. So is it fair to say that uh, once the IPL started, 
then the ipl scout uh, teams had in, it would have had scouts who then found many of these talents like a classic every, case being every ipl team they have they have trios in fact john wright was a trio he went to ahmedabad and uh, spotted jaspreet bumrah john wright was trio for for mumbai indians so the trio system in fact i was with calcutta knight riders for 2 3 years i hear of the talent i would go around watching matches and pick boys and then wasim akram would assess them but most of the boys uh, were absorbed jaydev unatkat was from that lot he was 19 at that time today he is 28 so so here the point i'm making is that a lot of times the ipl gets credit for people like uh, jaspreet bumrah and others being scouted but i yeah. think that if the if the trdo system had just continued then there was no way jaspreet bumrah would have been missed because some trdo would have found him anyway absolutely you uh, that is what has happened to dhoni dhoni once told me if the system had started instead of 2002 1998 when he was 19 at that time he would have possibly got one more world cup that was 2003 world cup he would have got so my question to you is that now that the trdo system i mean it's been many years since it's been disbanded so mm-hmm. and uh, what do you see as the as the current state of talent spotting now and do you think that the ipl teams have now filled in the breach with their own trdos or do you think that technology uh, is really playing a big part with all the cameras recording the things How, what do you say i feel the trdo system is for ipl fine but all the matches of bcci are recorded with 10 to 12 cameras they are now filtering the talent part and they are discussing it uh, so the manpower uh, that was required to uh, watch 2500 matches they would have been hundreds of trios uh, so they have cut down with their software so all the camera feed and all that and then they will set up a program they will groom them and all that so that that, that is a very good thing that uh, national cricket academy is doing okay so they have replaced the trdos with uh, you know more technologically savvy situation yeah. where they filter the siddharth those days there were 400 500 matches in 2002 now it's 2400 matches yeah 304 teams in 38 associations nowhere in the world any cricket board plays so many matches hmm. thanks to supreme court yeah so uh, i think we can uh, wind up now i want you to sort of uh, talk about i mean we have just finished with the ranji trophy season and uh, you know we have spoken a lot about cricket in bombay uh, but uh, this uh, the decade uh, the 2010 to 2020 that decade Uh, Bombay did win the Ranji Trophy, but it was also one of their least successful decades. And now we have teams like uh, Saurashtra, Vidarbha, Gujarat, all are uh, doing really well. Uh, can you tell us two or three things that Bombay are not doing right and how they can get back into their dominant position in Indian cricket again? Let me be frank and blunt. The Bombay Cricket Association officials were highly committed in the earlier years now things are totally different the secretaries are just not bothered about their club club standard many of them 
don't even visit their clubs. The tickets, the IPL, and so many things. The focus is more on money and not on development of the game. The Mumbai Cricket Union has a beautiful academy, but the academy, all the tools, equipment are not good. They should follow the National Cricket Academy syllabus. But here, I coach the way I played. That sort of coaching doesn't help. So imagine if Shavag and Shrinath becomes coaches, coaches, they would coach the way they played. Yeah, and that is what is happening in Mumbai. There are no coaches available. There are lot many matches are being played at the age of ten, twelve, which is not the right age to play with hard cricket ball. Nobody is really bothered about it. The selections are miss. Last year, the selection selectors were sacked by the AGM. Something which has never happened in the history of Bombay cricket. Still, things have not changed. The nepotism continues, and some of the fathers are suffering from sunstroke, and they are being promoted. By the selectors, these are the reasons Bombay is doing badly, and I have no hope because the more I see, the more I don't want to see. <laughs> okay, okay. But on that note, uh, on uh, Indian cricket as a whole, I hope the situation is reversed where you have lot of hope. Yes, Indian cricket is definitely going in the right direction. India A. And with Rahul Dravid and Ravi Shastri planning those India A and Indian Two simultaneously, uh, there is always a hope for every cricketer to play for India. And the players who are playing for India, they are also threatened that if they don't do well, there is somebody waiting to take their place. So that's a perfect planning. But something needs to be done with state cricket. And I feel very sad for Bombay cricket because the legacy, history of Bombay, the tradition, culture of Bombay, is forgotten by the custodians of the constitution of the Mumbai Cricket Association. They need to know the history of Bombay cricket. Thank you, Shadad. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Oh, it's a pleasure, Makran. It's a great honor for us to have you and to listen to your uh, uh, fantastic stories, your experiences, your uh, rich contribution to the game and uh, i again uh, uh, urge our listeners to follow makran on twitter he is w he's at w makran i will give the link to his twitter i will give the link to all his books and his uh, various articles please uh, read him talk to him uh, meet him he's uh, a generous uh, man who is more than happy to meet people uh, who are passionate about the game he eats drinks and breathes cricket so thank you again makran this has been fantastic Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wonderful. <laughs>